0: I'm Marcy, and I'm Akko. and welcome to the Color K- Pages Book Club, a biweekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism, written by writers from colorful backgrounds.
1: Woo! Yeah, CPBC is back for part two.
0: Yes, we are, and today, to, d- today, today, we will be. I don't know why I'm so high <laughs> energy. <laughs> Oh no, like bitch calm down, but yes, so today we will be continuing with part two of our discussion of mapping the interior by Stephen Graham Jones,
1: Woo! yes, we will be, and before that, Marcy, mm-hmm. I have a thing,
0: ooh, okay, I like things <laughs> right? it's like it's so big right? what is that What does that mean? <laughs> thing. Okay, girl. Uh it sounds like a mystery box,
1: but this isn't right. a mystery box. It's actually. So I this book Mapping the Interior is 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 dark and gritty. And we like dark and gritty, don't get us wrong. Mm-hmm. But also, we thought it'd be really dope to shout out some indigenous and native peoples podcasts that are talking about other things because mm. people are multifaceted and we're trying to do that work of like not squashing people down into, like, flat-based versions of themselves because, like, of capitalism, colonialism, and racism. So...
0: I feel like you'd be, sl- you'd be like, slick reading somebody in particular. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, who, who is she talking about? No,
1: no. But yes, totally no agreed. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> I, I think we all have to do the work of of making ourselves better, and the best way to do that is to listen to the voices of people from those communities. So correct i have a couple the first one the first podcast is called toasted sister podcast which they discuss mm-hmm. native and indigenous foods the history and the way native chefs and foodies are working to keep the traditions alive and innovative today which is super dope mm-hmm. um, another a cool one is called native lights a podcast and that's where native peoples from the minnesota area by the way mm-hmm. minnesota native word and they're discussing oh, oh. Commun- i know right <laughs>
0: it's so yeah. dope the morning wow uh, mississippi also native word um look at me learning <laughs> at my big age. <laughs> Should the more you know
1: it's facts but so they are talking about themselves and their community and so that's really cool and there's another one called indigenous urbanism and I like to like pretend I'm an architect when I'm actually like aggressively not but they're talking <laughs> like aggressively <laughs> not, not what I have a degree in but um, they're talking about indigenous people and decolonizing through design and the way their communities and the, the individual interviewers like utilize space so I thought that would be oh. really cool I know right I that one I was like ooh follow that's
0: so interesting interesting yeah
1: because i don't think we think enough about the way space defines our lives right the way we mm-hmm. conceptualize space and and to to be a native persons you know when colonizers came they came with an idea of space that was y- you know disfavorous for very specific mm. reasons so i thought that's really cool and i'm excited to listen to more episodes also next month is native american heritage month so mm. just keep that in mind i mean obviously read about native people just like black history like don't just like read about black people during black history month right no, just and be like tell
0: done with that it's like oh no no sweetie Mm-mm, never mm-hmm. that it doesn't end actually it doesn't like, end it, yes it does not end there's not a it's like okay i'm i have na- no 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 <laughs> exactly like,
1: <laughs> the history and culture of bipoc people is the history and culture of america they're not separate they're the same come on so also marcy
0: (laughs) i yes
1: have a question oh my god what is your question okay so my question for you today is what was something okay so in this book junior is kind of disillusioned um he has like a child a childhood idea of what's gonna happen and, and then it's a flash forward and he, mm-hmm. in the, he realizes in adulthood that that's sort of different than what he imagined. But what was something, it can be funny or serious, that you were sure of as a child. And now as an adult, you realize just isn't how the world works.
0: Mm. Interesting. That is... So, I guess I'm, the, the, the hesitation is that it's not that I like... Realize that it wasn't true. It's just that it was a bit. Mm, I let me let me let me let me go through the rolodex a little bit. Let's see. Do do you know so, is there something I... coming to you? While I think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like tap out, pass out Um
0: <laughs> Here's the baton.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a funny one, and I have a, a less a more serious one. I okay. Mm-hmm. I know they told us as a child that like you you can't just eat sweets as an adult, and it wasn't it wasn't that our parents just didn't want us to eat sweets because they're mean it's because like <laughs> and i was like because i was like when i'm an adult, my mom it was so funny she told me when she was like when i was a kid when i grew up i was like i'm gonna let my kids eat sweets all the time and then she was like and then i grew up and had children and i like would never do that because that's negligent.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> yes.
1: And I also, as a kid, was like, well, when I grow up, I'm going to I'm gonna eat all the sweets that I want. And now mm. I'm an adult, and I'm like, oh, let me get this kale. Let me get this spinach. Ooh, come <laughs> let me on. Get these, these on mushrooms. It. Ooh, girl, these
0: lentils. <laughs> Ooh, girl, this broccoli. <laughs> right, <laughs> let I'm me over just... here, like, how do
1: I make a balanced diet so I have more energy and can live, like, a more fulfilling life? So I, I feel like... I'm over here
0: basically <laughs> vegan, like, literally. Like, right, I just trying you. to live. Like... So.
1: <laughs> That's one thing I'm really mad about it, but um, I'm not mad about it. No, it's it's good, and I think actually as kids we should. I I, I hope that the next generation learns healthy practices at a younger age. But mm-hmm. although I mean to be fair, my mother tried, and I was over here like I still. She even gave me an anecdotal <laughs> lesson about the way things would change as I grew up, and I still dismissed her. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on like I guess on a more well, do you have one? Did you?
0: The, I don't know. Keep going. Keep as going. You
1: flip through the Rolodex. <laughs> Marcy's like, let me put my glasses on and keep flipping through. No, Rolodex. I'm
0: literally I'm literally still scrolling. You, you're good.
1: <laughs> the kids are like, what's a Rolodex? Um, right. we <laughs> like, to be honest, we've never used one ourselves. Just yeah,
0: really- I'm, I'm literally being fake. I, I also, I mean, what is that? <laughs> I just heard an, an expression once and I just, it just stuck for some reason. So Facts. here we are.
1: But yeah. um, so the more serious one that I can think of is, I. this one like gets me because as a kid, I think I really thought that villains were more obvious than they are. Mm. I, I really did. I thought that you could spot a villain. I thought a villain was spottable. <laughs> thought, mm-hmm. And and even as a teenager when I, bad things were happening, I was like, yeah, but if something truly villainous were to happen, it would be so obvious and so clear and the mm-hmm. you know, the forces of good would arise and a chosen one with his Excalibur sword um mm-hmm. would Excalibur away. I <laughs> don't you know. Um, you know, or even that if I were the chosen one, you know, we it would be so easy uh, to to to, mm-hmm. to conquer evil. And mm-hmm. now that I'm older, I, I recognize that that evil is pernicious. Hope yeah. hope is more even more stubborn, but evil is quite pernicious and it evolves and it changes and morphs and it, it sits in the corners of things and slowly grows, mm-hmm. you know? And I didn't I didn't realize how
0: cowardly evil is. Um mm. so yeah. Yeah. That is a real oof. Do you know like was there like a moment where you're like, ooh that paradigm didn't even shift. It just broke. Like it actually just crumbled. Um, was there a moment or was it just kind of like a gradual process?
1: I think there's a gradual process to it, but you're right. There was a moment where it is actually like, or it's something you just come face to face with it. It's it's those moments when you're looking at a situation in which bad things are happening or or someone is acting particularly, heinous is the wrong word, but apathetic Mm -hmm. towards the the suffering of others that you realize that, oh, like the evils of this world are not something that someone is sitting there like mass- I mean, oftentimes that is true too, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. planning and and laying out a plan of evil, but it's also in the apathy of people. It's also in the disregard and the convenience Mm. and the comfort in in which we do terrible things or allow terrible things to happen. And and until Mm -hmm. I saw that from people that I knew was around, I I didn't... Mm -hmm realize what that looked like so it's i guess i knew it in theory and and to think that you are also perpetuating it in 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 the ways you are comfortable and in the ways that you Mm. you know because i don't want to be like i am completely good
0: i (laughs) am perfect (laughs) (laughs) i have no flaws
1: (laughs) (laughs) nothing is wrong but right and and that's that's the scarier thing too right is that in in what we don't do and in the comforts we enjoy and in the things that we are privileged to have evil perpetuates mm. um, along with along with, by the way, the choices we make and the evils that we actually just do, you know, like,
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah. What about you, Marcy? So, okay. So I came up with a few different ones. I'm just going to kind of like say them all or yeah. just like kind of just throw all the marbles on the table that I don't know. Hopefully they don't fall off, but, um, So when I was younger, um, I loved animals. Like I was like literally, I was the one who would like go to the library and be like, I remember so specifically, there was this book that had like, it just, it was like a picture book. Um, I I had to have been like fourth grade. And I remember I like found this picture book um, that basically just like took pictures of like baby animals. So they had like baby deer and like ducklings and stuff like that. And I was like. So, like, I just, like, I thought they were so beautiful. I just, like, loved all the animals. Like, the duckling picture is still, like, seared into my brain. Like, I just Aww. see it so vividly. I just, like, I, like, just really liked animals. And I remember, like, being, like, around that age and, like, going up to my parents and being like, so, like, can we get, like, a like a snake or, like, a bird or, like, you know, just some kind of, like, pet. And they're like, oh, girl, hail <laughs> to the na hail, No, nah. But, like, you know, they were cute about it. But they were like, you know... There will not be a snake in this house. So I'm sorry. There's just there's. I will not be un, like under this roof, and there will also be a snake under this roof. To my <laughs> knowledge, like that is not a choice that we were consciously going to make. And and, and, and and you know they did the whole thing of like, oh well, girl, when you have your own place and you're paying mm. your own bills and all that, you can get all the snakes you want, bitch. And I was like, I'm approved to you, motherfuckers. Y'all gonna see today, girl. <laughs> like I literally was like, because I like I I just loved animals. I remember literally uh, for the like, career day, I was like. I might have said this before on the podcast, and apologies if I did. But I remember like being like, "Oh, I'm gonna be like a circus performer, and I'm Ooh. gonna like just like perform with animals and like dance with them and be super lit." And I literally thought in my household, like I was gonna like have like giraffes and just like I don't know, just all different types, just all different types of animals. And I was like, "Well, the animals and I will do is that we'll like, you know, we'll have like a car washing business. <laughs> Unclear why car washing, but I was like, we're gonna have a car washing business. And the appeal is that they're gonna be like, "Wow, this bitch and a bunch of animals cleaning my car that." It's wild and like, like an a- and like an
1: anime
0: <laughs> like literally and like even like that i had the slogan down it's like i was like oh wow like a person an animal like and a bunch of animals cleaning cars like that's wild and like wild was like a play on words like referring to the animals oh. but they weren't wild because i was like i had a whole plan but just have budgets like, <laughs> like i was not playing like i'm dead ass like y'all gonna see me today <laughs> um and that is not necessarily what happened i oh, will really? say I'm funny surprised. enough actually <laughs> it's like i actually had a duck the whole time but um <laughs> i so while i may not have like you know a bunch of animals or a car washing business yet 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 i am kind of in, in my eating patterns i've always been someone who has preferred not to eat meat even before mm. it was like like I, I wouldn't say i'm like a strict vegetarian or vegan person per se but like Fair i not to. I just prefer not to if I'm in a context where it's like, okay, like that's not really available or like, you know, I don't necessarily have as much control. Then, yeah, like I'll like, you know, be a bit more flexible. But typically, like left to my own devices, like I really try not to like consume animals, period. Um, So I think that's kind of maybe how that manifested in my adult life, just being like, okay, like let's just like not do that. And it's actually so funny because I'm like, I never really made that tie until just now. I'm like, oh, wow, like maybe that is why I'm like, I've always been like, oh, eating meat i'm good <laughs> like um and i remember even being that age and being like you know going up to my parents and being like oh like can i like not eat meat and they were like um little girl you are growing <laughs> we will not like i mean which you know obviously they did the best you know whatever it is what it is um and it wasn't that deep frankly but you know they were just kind of like oh girl later in your life but um aside from that i remember i also too um so this one is it so this is the one that initially came up it wasn't the one that was like that, 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 it was the one that I felt a little complicated towards, so mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger um I <laughs> I, this is this is probably around like middle school, maybe like sixth or seventh grade. Um I remember I started you know playing um Japanese role playing games, and you know how like in a traditional like grPG like Final Fantasy or something like that, there's usually four party members. I remember, I just, like, loved the aesthetic of just, like, me and, a bu- and, like, three other people just, like, on a journey, like, on Ooh. a quest, and it, like, quickly became amorous, like, I was, like, I because I always kind of imagined, like, party members being together, like, I was, like, oh, oh okay. they're, like, in a relationship, everyone's in a relationship with each other, and I remember being, like, I remember having this very specific moment where I was, like, I don't, I, I think I was, like, on a field trip or something like that, and I was just, like, thinking about various people who I kind of, like, you know, had, felt, various you know like kind of crushes on or whatever and i just like kind of had these fantasies of like oh my god what if we like all dated and just like had like our own like you know we like lived in like one place and like we had like our own kids and we like did all this that and the third and we just like lived our lives as like a couple of four like that was something that just like really stood out to me and i was like that would be sick nick granted at the time i didn't necessarily i don't know like i mean there was no like anything in my life that was confirming that that was like an option but it was something that i always thought about and like was like when i'm older i'm gonna work towards this to this moment i haven't been into that kind of relationship but it is interesting because i do find myself kind of revisiting you know ideas of like you know like i've always been like kind of a more like like i guess ideologically speaking more like sort of polyamorous leaning like i don't know models of monogamy never really made or like strict monogamy to me at least we're just always like mm, like i feel like We can be a bit more flexible here. And so that is something that I'm kind of like, that is interesting. So while it hasn't like shown up in my life yet, it is something that I'm like, the future is, the future is vast and who knows? Maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be a thing.
1: That's true. So, but that doesn't sound like you're dissuaded at all. Like it sounds like you just had a thought in your youth and carried it to adulthood
0: right and that's the that's why i was like should i even mention this (laughs) but (laughs) but i guess the thing (laughs) the thing that i guess I, i guess what made it come up to in my mind was that like I guess it was almost like the inverse, right? Like at that time in my life, there wasn't really like a model for polyamorous relationships, oh, and like it wasn't really okay. something that was seriously considered. Um, so it was almost this thing that like mm-hmm. wasn't a thing that later became a thing. Not in the, that I've had that direct experience, but that I know plenty of people that are polyamorous. Like I have way more of an understanding of what it means to be polyamorous, right. and like it's something that I'm very much like open to. Um, and so it's kind of like okay interesting inverse there but um i also
1: like that a japanese role-playing game is i thought you were gonna say something like like i realized in adulthood that you can't go on an adventure with four people to defeat evil and like save the world <laughs> from destruction and i was like oh okay that's because in your mind everything is just an rpg game <laughs> and, like, Marcy actually had like an actual thought <laughs> i'm like oh, yeah. stop <laughs> i took that
0: yeah. So I would say those are the things. And then, of course, you know, the whole candy piece. I was definitely with you. I was like, I just feel like it's cruel that I'm not allowed to eat Skittles every day. Like, I just feel uh, like, why can't I have my fucking Twinkies? Like, this is discrimination. And my parents are like, damn. girl, against who? Like, what? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so yeah. I think you
1: I like your choices. I feel like I'm kind of glad that you, that you weren't dissuaded. Like, I feel like, yeah, that's actually a, a really good point that like some, mm-hmm. and, and honestly kind of fits with this well eh, i don't know this book is kind of dark but like there are Mm -hmm. things that we we take from childhood into adulthood that actually we might think in childhood won't last into adulthood Mm -hmm. but they actually do you know it's it's kind of hard as a kid to know what's gonna be something that's just happening because you're a kid and what's a like forever thing
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. um right
1: right I feel like I was, like, fractions. That's, a that, that's like, a, I don't need to use those again in the future. No, there were a couple of things right. that I was, like, patterns. I honestly, in kindergarten, I thought patterns was just something my teacher was, like, teaching me this, like, year. And, like, next year I wouldn't have to right. worry about patterns anymore. <laughs> and you're, like, <laughs> you mean that basic concept of human existence? <laughs>
0: anyway like it's actually gonna come up all the oh, time it's um so he's like oh girl subtraction whoo glad we're done with that it's like oh sweetie <laughs> we're just getting started <laughs> oh fuck
1: uh okay well should we take a break
0: yeah Woo. oh uh, okay yeah we'll, we'll you know jump to the, the summary and and all that Woo. <laughs> And we back or whatever. <laughs> so yes, we're about to go into part two of mapping the interior. We read up last time until page like fifty five. Um, and now we're just, yeah, gonna just finish to talk about the rest of the shit. So um where we left off, um, essentially so the whole situation with the dogs happened where they were like trying to attack Junior under the house and then like they got shot by like no one really knows who and then like the neighbor was Ooh. pissed because it was like the neighbor's dogs and it was like this whole to do. And besides all that, Junior was still very much like focused on trying to like, you know, discover his father um, and just trying to figure out like, I guess, what exactly were his motives and coming back and, and, mm. and all of that. And he had, like, told his mom that, like, his dad was coming back, but she was skeptical. So it was like, yeah, yeah it's all that shit. Anyway, so part two. Um, so we kind of start by seeing... So, it's, so all of this is from Junior's perspective. And he discovers one day that Dino is, like, still being bullied by the kids um uh at school and like at the bus stop because essentially when junior had to like you know when he went back and like you know that whole incident with the dogs happened you know dino was still at school um and he so he discovered that like dino had like you know curse words written all over his bodies and like welts all over his skin and like you know junior is obviously very upset because you know what the fuck also around the team around the same time we find out that like junior's mom and so there was a sheriff deputy who came to like i guess collect the dogs after they died um and like junior's mom and him it looks like they're dating um which you know junior is like of all the things to be happy towards this ain't really ain't really high on the list like (laughs) like i think he was like i'm not sure he kind of wavered between just being sort of ambivalent and just being like girl why is this even happening like what Mm -hmm. the fuck but yeah so all this is happening whatever whatever junior's still trying to see his father through like various means um and so, fast forwarding a little bit, so the so the neighbor who I guess like owned those dogs, like did he go to jail? Like what happened? Like I, like he was there and then not there and then suddenly there again. Like yeah. did he go to jail? He was like
1: gone for a while. I don't think he went to jail. He just wasn't there, but he definitely came back. And everyone's like, Ugh, neighbor's back, not
0: good. Yeah. So yeah. So the neighbor comes back, and Junior's like, fuck. And also, too, around this time, um, circling back real quick to the Dino thing, um, Junior kind of has this idea that, like, the seizures that Dino's been experiencing lately are, like, kind of like a stress response, probably Mm -hmm. in response to, like, you know, just all the bullying that he suffers at school and, like, all of that. And so... uh, And that's just kind of becoming a theory amongst the folks in the house, that, like, a lot of the torment that Dino experiences is just, like, yeah, leading to a lot of these um, seizures and other episodes. And so, essentially... And so... This kind of comes to a head when there's a day where, you know, Dino, like, on the way to school, has a seizure at the bus stop. And so, you know, Junior takes him back. And then, like, you know, his—like, their mom, like, decides to, like, you know, skip work and, like, take care of him. And so, like— that's something that also is kind of causing some tension like she's been missing yeah. work just as as a result of all these different things and so like she's kind of visibly like oh like my job security is like low-key at risk but also like these are my children so you know like i like i need to show up for them um and so around this time the sheriff deputy decides that he's going to start you know driving the kids to school i guess just to like kind of help out with and, and all of that and also probably because the neighbor's back and he's probably like oh girl like that neighbor was like not really checking for y'all um <laughs> I'll just escort y'all to school because, like that, that motherfucker might be on some shit. See, so, yeah, anyway, fast forward, fast forward. So one night, um, Junior's you know on his usual kind of like nightly escapades to like try to find his father, and he ends up like you know outside. And while he's outside, mind you, Junior was supposed to be sleeping, but like wasn't. Um, he sees the sheriff's deputy's car like kind of come into like come into view. So he like hides or whatever. Sees the sheriff deputy come in, like go inside the house, and I guess something in him was like, ooh. I should go in his car. So he, like, goes in the car. And I guess on a previous day when they were going to school, like, Dina was sitting in the front seat and tried to, like, reach into the glove department. But, like, the um compartment... And then, like, the sheriff deputy, like, stopped him. And so Junior was like, let's see what's hmm. inside. So he opens it up and he finds a revolver. And rather than just leaving it there, he decides to take it yep. and go back into the house. Which, you know, I was like, this, this can go in a number of different directions. What the fuck is about to go down? So. You know, he goes back inside the house, and, you know, while he's inside, he, like, checks on Dino just to make sure Dino's okay. And he sees, I guess, what he... So he sees his dad, I guess, in, like, a spectral form, feeding on Dino. Like, they basically described it like like the dad was, like, kind of hunched over Dino. Like, it looked like he was, like, whispering, like, really close to his mouth or something like that. And it looked like he was just feeding off of Dino in some way. And so Junior, around this time, kind of had this theory that his dad coming back wasn't actually a good thing, that it maybe was, like, kind of consumptive and, like, gross. And essentially, he kind of had this theory that, like, in order for his dad to materialize from a ghost to, like, a, you know, a, like a flesh and bone person, like, he needed to, like, suck the life out of, like, Whew. people in this realm. Um, and Dino was someone who was, like, kind of, like, more vulnerable. So he kind of, like, went after him. And so at this point, he's like, Dad... You know, I, I, you know, I know during, you know, part one of the Color Pages Book Club, you know, they talked about how, like, I was here for this, (laughs) but, like, you gotta go. Like, you have got, got to go. Gotta go. And so, they kind of had this whole, like, little, like, sequence. And then, basically, Junior essentially starts, like, shooting the gun towards his dad. Mind you, Junior's inside. Dina was also inside. His mother, also inside. Sheriff Deputy, also Also inside. inside. So, he's, like, he, like, let out, like, five rounds from this revolver, right? And he sees, you know, various, like, you know, he sees, like, his dad being shot, like, in the arm and but in between the eyes, like, all these different spaces. But I guess when he kind of comes to, he sees, like, the neighbor, like, fall, I, I, okay, so just to put things in context, when he shot his dad, I think he did this near the exit of the house. And so basically when he kind of, like, comes to, he sees the neighbor holding a gun, but also, like, lying in a pool of blood, which makes it pretty obvious that junior just shot him mm-hmm. and at this point you know the sheriff deputy comes out of i guess his mom's room and sees him and just starts like attacking him um and you know like his mom has to like you know get him together like she like whooped his ass and like he left with a limp and that just kind of happened the next day they're just like kind of watching the news chilling i'm like didn't junior just didn't someone mm-hmm. just yeah. yep Okay, and so Junior goes outside and sees that the body had been dragged underneath the house, and he was like, "Look at Dad," and I'm like, "I do." Mm. It, it's li- well, okay. Um, so yeah, so the neighbor's dead, and under their house. Also, I think and maybe
1: they, I think they mentioned in the second part that, like, he's like, "Yeah, I probably did kill those
0: dogs." Like,
1: <laughs> I feel like it's like a one-off. Sentence. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay. That actually, that might, yeah, that Makes kind sense. of puts it in a bit more in context. But yeah, so, yeah, so the neighbor's gone. Um, And it was never investigated. They say that later on, the sheriff deputy, I guess, became the sheriff. And, like, since it was the sheriff's gun that had, like, you know, killed the neighbor, like, I think it would have just looked bad if, like, that had come to light. And also, too, like, yeah, 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 he, like, attacked Junior and all of that. So I think he was right. just like, you know what, so let's just act like house. this didn't happen. And he was also in their house, right. And and I'm not sure if this is, like, while he was on duty or something like that. So it seems like for more personal reasons, he never came back. Because Junior was like, oh, my God, he's absolutely going to come back and get me. But he never did. And, you know, they didn't really see him again. I guess, you know, clearly he stopped dating the mom. (laughs) And that was that. And then Junior was like, you know what? My dad is still out here trying to suck the life out of people. And I've got to stop him. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then you're like, wow, this story must make, this must be the end of the story, or at least the story wraps up and stays in this moderately pseudo-magical realm and gets absolutely no more surreal. You would be wrong because... Incorrect. In- <laughs> factually incorrect. Because after this, we get a flashback slash dream where mm-hmm. Junior, the main character Junior is in the body of a different grown-up junior and he points out that like apparently in in his tribe like a bunch of people were named junior and was just kind of like Mm -hmm. he has a poetic way of saying like maybe it's the person trying to relive their life a bunch of times but there's a lot of juniors Mm -hmm. he doesn't even know who this junior is but this junior is friends with his dad parker and Mm -hmm. basically his dad says to grown up junior hey can i borrow your car i can go hunting for this moose if we get a moose we can sell it to someone for like a thousand mm-hmm. five hundred dollars we'll split the profits it's easy money right now granted like parker is not that old i think he's like what 20 20 uh, something like early 20s mm-hmm. and grown junior seems like he's used to these like get rich schemes but he's like oh mm-hmm. okay fine parker here you go here's the keys so parker's mm-hmm. gone for day and this is like Basically, we're seeing what a explanation of what happened to the father, the mystery behind this. So Parker's gone for days and finally Sorry, Parker's
0: Junior's dad, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, cool. Sorry. (laughs) Keep going. I'm sorry. Um
1: and he's he's gone for days and finally the grown-up junior who has main character Junior inhabiting him. Finds mm-hmm. him drinking in the woods, and he's like, "Couldn't mm-hmm. find the moose, my bad." And Gruen Jr. is pissed, pr- probably pissed because of this one instance, and also maybe like the disappointment, also the amount of times he's done this. But also, main mm-hmm. character Junior's spirit is upset because he's like, "You left the family, and you're gonna leave, and you just you're consuming Dina." You know, all the frustration right. he has is a twelve-year-old who misses his dad, and so in his mind, he's in. Grown-up Junior's body, and and if it had just been grown-up Junior, it would have been a fight, and that would have been the end of it. But because he's there, he's like, I got to get rid of you to save the family, and he's like drowning Mm -hmm. him in in water, and then um he he, he, you know, and 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 this correlates to in his house, he has like a superhero toy that Dean always has, and it's under he's submerging it underwater, and Mm -hmm. so and. It could actually be that this guy is just sleepwalking. This baby, he's 12. This baby's just mm. sleepwalking and he's like drown. He's just having a dream, a bad dream. And he like mm. comes to and his mom's like, um, you're drowning a superhero action figure in the sink and there's water all over the floor. But then mm. at that same moment, Dino starts like counting again. And so she's just kind of like, i love you guys like i love you, you i know that you're upset about your dad and i know people people told me not to get with him because he would break my heart but i'm so happy that i have you guys and you're lovely and everything's gonna be mm. fine um right. and you're like wow that's kind of a happyish story i mean it's a dead body under the under the house yeah. but it's pretty much happy but then Junior ominously, or I guess the the voice of the story is like you would think that, but now I'm going to flash forward into the future. And you're like, oh boy. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) So we jump to Junior being 41. Dino is in his late 30s and their mom died two years ago, probably of old age, but also loneliness. And it kind of sounds like it was mostly loneliness because they left Mm -hmm. the reservation. And um, Dino works these odd jobs and sometimes he's a fancy dancer um mm-hmm. but he's not like a famous big one but he's like i'm not bad you know <laughs> i get it done
0: right I, do I got, yeah i got yeah. some steps yeah i got, yeah, you know. I got some choreography yeah, do a little like, two like, step. Yeah, check me out yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> peep the instagram anyway that's
1: what's up so um <laughs> but the tragedy of it is he has he he had a son he's estranged from his son and he saw him like every you know three or four times a year I still loved him, and he actually ended up dying in a car crash. So he grabs mm-hmm. Dino from the assisted living center that he lives in, and then returns to the old house, which has been burnt mm-hmm. down. And then they try to perform this like ceremony to try to bring a son back to life. Which mm-hmm. I I don't think. I mean, the book stops there at that point. I, I don't think it's really. I think it's a. I think it's a metaphor. I don't think the son is mm-hmm. coming back to life. But I think it's a, a metaphor. I, I think they're still trying it to do it. But I don't mm-hmm. think this can actually happen this isn't like Full Metal Alchemist you know and even then it didn't end that right. well okay so <laughs> <laughs> hui, let's take a that's all that happens we're gonna take a quick break yeah
0: literally that's it
1: <laughs> I know you're like this is a complex story and we're not what's the, we'll talk about it in the discussion so yes yes we will okay
0: see y'all in a bit we're back um yes so now we're gonna get into all the thoughts and feelings on mapping the interior um so just like general thoughts like this book (laughs) i i'm trying to wrap my mind around it not in like a like a sense of whether or not i like it i think i i think i liked it i'm pretty i liked it yeah <laughs> it, was just, it was just like it was just the the storytelling and the surrealism and just how malleable reality was was really interesting to read um albeit i was often like wait what just happened and it, or like oh okay prime example so like i think this happened I, i'm not sure if it was like when junior saw the like his dad feasting on dino or like at some other point but basically there he had this whole fantasy sequence where like dino was dead and his like mom and him had to escape and it was like this whole thing and i was like wait what dino died and i was like i was like flipping back pages i was like wait what the fuck because they just like dropped it in and i was like oh my god and then i kept reading it and then it was like oh just kidding that was just a fantasy that didn't actually happen at all i'm like oh so i just spent 10 minutes trying to i was like just oh okay, um, <laughs> okay. So, like, all right like so it was one of those things where i was like this i i felt like i had to just like you know like you know like you know how you're just like on a roller coaster and you're just like gripping on for dear life right. like it literally felt kind of like that like i was like okay i need to like be extremely aware as i read i can't passively read this mm-hmm. shit i have to like kind of word by word really like peep what they're saying and like you know really check for the nuances like this isn't like a lazy or like a passive read you very much have to be kind of in it yeah um I did like kind of how amorphous the characters were, because even Mm. though Junior, like, was the main character, I still didn't really feel like I knew that much about about him. Like, I knew about how he operated, but, like, just his energy. There was something, like, a little mysterious about it. Mm. Um, Same with everyone else. And I think also the setting really kind of put that into play, because it seemed like where they were were was just really isolated. Um, I'm not sure if it was, like, geographically isolated or just isolated from the community that they came from, Mm. but, like... I, I feel like the isolation added to just how it, it kind of made it seem like, you know how like there was like, Oh, like if a tree falls in the forest and no one can hear it. Doesn't it make a sound like it kind of right. like, I, I feel like when you're in an expanse of a lot of land by yourself or with a very small amount of people, the reality of what happens and reality itself yes. kind of shifts. And, and, and it makes you realize how so much of what we see as real or what we see as like just an innate part of life comes from those around us. yes And so when we're separated from that and we're just left in, and, you know, in these more isolated places, it's kind of like anything can kind of go. Because, like, you know, even reading, like, about the neighbor, it's like, okay, the neighbor died and, like, no one came. Like, what? Right. That's, like, unfathomable. But then it's also, like, ostensibly, if this neighbor didn't... And we'll talk about the neighbor, uh, you know, more in, in depth later. But, like, if the neighbor didn't have anyone that was checking for him mm-hmm. and he dies and he just put him under a house and no one else was really checking for him, the he loneliness. could just kind of go missing and no one really notices. It, it kind of... It, it made you really think about... What is morality and what is reality in a setting like this? Um, yeah, and in, anyway, and that was like this is kind of int- this is interesting. I like this exploration.
1: That's a yeah. I was just gonna add to that that like, uh, um, I think there was like a study done by NPR about how lonely Americans are. It, it, it speaks mm. to this sort of loneliness of Americans and the downside of this individual individualism is mm-hmm. that like the neighbor died and no one came to find
0: like literally no, no one, one came.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean, I, he shouldn't be attacking children in their houses, by the way, just like, we're not caping for the neighbor, but like he yeah, still died not. and that's a tragedy and a lone lonely one. Um, that's yeah. heartbreaking. So, yeah. so yeah, for me, I feel like I found this story. I do. I do like this story. Um, I think it was more about the journey than the, the ending. Um, mm-hmm. It was about the experience of, and I think, again, this book really reminds me of They Come in All Colors, but the difference mm-hmm. between those two is that They Come in All Colors become, makes it very clear that you are seeing this from Huey's perspective and there's a different perspective, mm-hmm. whereas this book doesn't give you that double vision you're so engrossed mm. in being junior that it actually took me a second to realize to not to see it from junior's perspective um yeah and there's something and to your point about what is reality right like we forget the ways phenomenon's happen all the time right mm-hmm. Ob- objectively something happened but what that means in the fabric of the communities that we live in and the way we tell that story to ourselves in our memory is contingent Mm. on who's around us and who's Mm. talking to us and you see this 12 year old sort and and in the way that the same way his family was hiding the truth of or or don't know how his father died right that's that becomes Mm. the reality which is just as uncertain as the reality that junior is is (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't want to say making up, that's kind of harsh, is is mm-hmm. perpetuating through his experiences. Right. They're, they're, neither of them are any more real, right? Because technically no one was there, except for maybe this right. other junior who may have been there. We're not sure if that's even real or not. But And mm-hmm. that we forget how much uncertainty there is in our lives. Uh, uncertainty about the way we remember things. Uncertainty about what actually happened. Even if you like think about it, like, okay, you and I are... <laughs> What about in your childhood? there are things we were alive for, but if you asked us to remember them, like big events when we were kids we wouldn't we wouldn't know <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that we were still there, you know, but our perspective right. on them is so different than someone who was an adult during that time um mm-hmm. I don't know, so I just thought I liked how encompassing that was, and I think it it was really effective in making things feel very eerie, right, because there was no way mm-hmm. to pull yourself out of the story and look at it. Like quote unquote objectively, or from like an adult standpoint, like we don't right. know if someone was feasting on Dino. All we know is that Junior very much believed that, and it was very mm. the same thing with the dogs. Like were the dogs attacking Junior under the fence? Prop, prop, maybe, but also someone was attacking Dino. Something was there, maybe, possibly. But then you also remember that Junior isn't just twelve and traumatized; he's twelve and traumatized and sleep deprived, and mm. <laughs> like. And it's just that uncertainty. I think is very effective in the writing. I think sometimes it gets a little. I'm like, you could have, you could have anchored us a little there, but <laughs> for the most part, effective and beautifully written.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and yes, yeah, circling back to what I was saying earlier, I do. I actually do like this book. I don't know why. I was like, do I like it? But it's I mean, just you're like I think, to
1: be, uh, just like the book is uncertain. Your opinion can be uncertain.
0: <laughs> right. I think it's just one of those things where it's like the it's like. I, I feel like to have like a very solid like oh I love this book or I hated this book like you have to kind of have like a really strong like for me it, mm. it helps to have a grasp of what happened and I feel like I still I'm like like I read it like I read it mm. but I'm like I'm like eighty percent there so I'm like but from what I did read and what and what I did understand I did I did like and I did think it brought up some interesting things and in particular you know I mean you you mentioned being traumatized like just like how like like the influence of trauma mm. on one's imagination and how one sees the world, I feel like was yeah. also really interesting because I feel like after the neighbor died, like shit just like went in a direction that was like, it was way more surreal. I feel like the, the focus on finding his dad like kind of increased. Like, it, right. it seemed like as Junior's life became more complicated or just as he as he experiences different traumas like the presence of his dad or at least the reliance on the narrative yeah. of his dad returning was a lot stronger and something in a way that i'm like it makes me curious like okay like i like i don't want to say like oh like all of this is, you know made up and like you know his dad was never there or none of that but i think that like it is interesting to kind of see how with that reliance growing his dad appearing more and like mm-hmm. kind of more solid because at the end when they had that whole like battle royale sequence um oh yeah you know there was like a battle royale sequence um He ends up killing his father, and he was like, you know, Dino saw his dad laying there, and I I, I assume the mom did as well, and I was like, the book didn't really tell us whether or not they were all looking at the the, same thing.
1: Yeah, wasn't that the neighbor? That the mom, like, he's seeing his dad, (sighs) but the mom is seeing the neighbor?
0: No, because like, so earlier he killed the... Or I think at least. I, it's a little unclear, honestly. But I, I'm pretty sure he killed the neighbor. That was with the sheriff. And then later on when they like, when he had that dream about like drowning his dad and like, you know, attacking right. him and all of that, he had this, it was like, there was this whole thing with like a dishwasher and like Dino's like action figure and it was like a bunch of water and shit right. everywhere. I don't and think then like he looked.
1: I, see, that's why I, I, I see your point. Because I don't think he, I think the mom came in and saw her sleepwalking 12 year old trying to drown an action figure and Dino you know, also saw his <laughs> older brother, like, you know, you because know, you, you, mm, when you see okay. someone sleepwalking and you're like just staring at them like, oh, and he's like, oh, they must be staring at the fact that I've killed my dead father. And that's not what the mom is staring at. She's concerned about the amount of stress that would cause her like child. Right. Because you all you can. I guess mm-hmm. in my mind, I see this like twelve year old being like, "Ha!" and like pressing this like little action <laughs> figure into like a pool of soapy water, and then you're like Junior, and then
0: you turn around, and you like see that he was asleep, you know. Mm. Um, that makes a lot of sense because I was like, he killed his dad, and then Dino saw the dad, and I was like, wait, so they're both peeping the dad? I was like, did the mom see the dad too? But Junior is telling that, us okay. that,
1: that's what they're seeing.
0: Because also too, in that same sequence, he described how like all four of the dogs like fused together and like came back to life and he had to body them as well. It was, it was, it was wild. I was like, I actually, I I, atomically,
1: I'm going to say, I was
0: (laughs) was, like, maybe, you know, we do like a magical realism moment, but I was like, girl, we just, I'm like, we have (laughs) completely, we are off the plane. We are literally out. We were just in the air. We're just flying. But maybe
1: right but maybe maybe what he actually sees and maybe that's what he like like the author is trying to say like the significance isn't about what he's seeing right it's about the culmination of all these things and him trying to make sense of it all of his life of his father of his mother of all the choices of the pain that his brother is going through of his own pain and it's the author like says that he's part of this like or i guess there's there's this thing called the post-ironic in which people like reject you know the the ironic cynicism cynicism that came from like the post-modern era and i guess mm-hmm. that's so the post-modern era would be like up until the 70s and so i guess the ironic era would be like the 70s up until like the early 2000s so so the post-ironic would be like the nowish time <laughs> but anyway mm-hmm. um and he quotes David Foster Wallace, but that's not the point. The, the point is it's about being honest. Everyone was like, why did we need this? And also look it up on Wikipedia because that's where I found it. I'm like trying not to make it sound like I'm too <laughs> academic so people know that I just like read the internet. But anyway. Um, right. <laughs> the, the <laughs> but it's like this idea about I think the point of the story is to be honest about the emotion and the effect of it on, on his life and the way it carries into his adulthood because it, it sounds like, right? So it's honest. And what's honest about this story is the feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and whether mm-hmm. the, the story is, makes sense or is linear is less important than the fact that this these events deeply affected them and this is how he saw them and experienced them. Mm. Maybe
0: yeah yeah that that makes yeah
1: it kind of breaks my heart though because i feel like he never dealt with a trump i mean to be fair okay junior grows up to be a like a a moderately well-adjusted human being he doesn't seem like he's Mm. complete well i mean he's also trying to bring his son back to life so maybe not but maybe that's fine i don't know Mm -hmm. i'm also i got to the end and i i guess what i'm saying is i got to the end and i was like this is a story this is a slice of life this is something that happened. And maybe I shouldn't try to say, like, he grew up and was, like, actually... And, and, yeah, I think that's it. Because the author says, like, oh, you know, you want a happy ending. Or you as a kid, you want things to, like, end up with, like, oh, and everything was resolved. And we overcame. And once you defeat the villain, like, everything's fine. And all everything's mm. healed. But it's not like that. It's just life. Life happened. He was a kid. This stuff happened. It affected him in his adulthood. And this is what his adulthood was like. And it wasn't, right. there's nothing to pass judgment on. It's just a life
0: that was lived, which is quite honest. Yeah. It, wow. That's, <laughs> that's so interesting. Cause yeah, I, I, I feel like that was kind of just the tone. It's like, these are events that happened until they were no longer happening kind of thing. It's just like, that was very, and, and, and it's one of those things where it kind of makes you think like, yeah, like, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Cause frankly, yeah. Like it's like, I mean, they all have the same effect, you know they were sequential in these ways and you know time just went forward you know like it's like and like so the nitty-gritty of the details you know being lost i feel like was a bit intentional it's interesting too because it makes yeah. you just think about like how so much about his dad was unknown like his aunt who i think was his dad's sister i'm not sure if it was his mom's son, i think it was his his dad's sister but yeah. like you know his aunt was like you know kind of didn't really tell him that much about his dad or like at the very least like there was like definitely clear holes in the story so even like kind of fusing ideas of fantasy into you know everyday mundane life where it's like your entire concept of someone your your entire concept of the story that someone may have like possessed or told is completely based on the words of like a couple of people that Mm -hmm. honestly may have forgotten some of the details honestly might have just like so it, it, it kind of just shows like the malleability and like just how like, just, yeah, like, the malleability and the flexibility of our own experiences and, like, who we even were, mm. you know? Because, like, when you can't necessarily tell that your story yourself and it's dependent on other people, it's, like, their concept of you and who you were and all of that. And, like, and like no one's concept of yourself is going to be the exact same as your, your own of yourself. It, it just makes you really just think about like how i'm like who are any of us honestly right it's <laughs> just right. like you know like i uh, like because it's, it's it's like is the is the definition of self one that's more important with the one that we hold knowing that like you know once we are no longer here right. and can tell it to the degree that we want to tell it that that's like our idea of who we are and who becomes, other people think we are are not yes. going to ever be the same but when and we so it's are like, no
1: longer here who we are exactly becomes what other people th- said exactly about, ooh, ooh, i don't know marcy
0: yeah, and then it's like, is it even really about like? And we can't, I can't control how yeah. other people see me. I mean, I can control how I see myself and how I communicate myself, but ultimately, you know, these different tools of communication—they're just tools, but they're not like a complete, perfect translation. Right. and So,
1: oh, there's such a tragedy because who would have Junior's father been to him if he had had the chance? You know, to talk to him after exactly. the age of four. Oh, I'm sad. So right.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's interesting because even the just like the grandeur of like his dad, like just showing up in the ways that he did, Mm. like having the presence that he did, like being in an outfit belonging to, I guess, belonging to a role that he himself was in, but like, you know, kind of like in and out of, you know, like being a fancy dancer and everything. It's just kind of like, it's so interesting. It's so childlike to imagine the pinnacle, or at least your child perception of the pinnacle of who someone could have been, especially when you don't know them.
1: Exactly. And, and, the dead can be so are are made up by the possibilities right whereas the living are who they are and that's so right right? because once once his father passed away everyone's like well he could have been this and he could have been that and he was going to straight straighten out and like be the 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 best husband who wouldn't have disappointed their mom you know
0: Mm. yeah
1: the dead can be so many things while the living are just one thing it's so exactly yeah, this is. You should read this book. It's good. If if for nothing yeah. else, it's really beautifully written and thoughtful. I I think if you exactly. try to hold on to having a certainty about the story and wanting the ending to, I guess the end to justify the means or the end to make everything legible, I I wouldn't look for that because I don't think that's the point. Mm-hmm. But read it and and be in it. Maybe.
0: Yeah, it, it is definitely something to experience. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Suspend that belief and yes. just kind of. Allow yourself to be sort of taken by you know the direction the world wants you to go, and that's
1: so. probably the point, right? Like that's the point of fantasy and fiction and creative fiction, it is to 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 like pull the the floor from under you for a moment. That uncertain that yeah to sit in that uncomfortable uncertainty. um Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have a quote. Do you have a quote?
0: Um, I, I, I'm good. Yeah, there, there are a lot of really good lines in this book, and y'all should just read it for yeah, real. Like, <laughs> not, not, there's not a quote that, like, particularly stands out at the moment, but yeah, definitely just check it out, y'all.
1: Yeah. So if you guys want to tell us that the story wasn't about uncertainty at all, and it was very certain, everything was very clear, you should let us know mm-hmm. at <laughs> the colored pages or on our Instagram, these colored pages. Mm-hmm. Um, You can... Also, look at our social media list to see the upcoming books that we have in store. And in fact, our next book um, will be my pick, The or the Berry by Wallace Thurman. We're going to go back to yes. the Harlem Renaissance. Come on. So, very exciting.
0: I'm already on the flight. I can't, can't <laughs> wait. Um, Time travel. And yes, if you- <laughs> right. So if y'all want to email us, feel free to send us an email at thesecolorpages at gmail.com. And also, we have a website at thesecolorpages.com. Woo. Also, if this show, you know, this episode brought you some love, some light, some delight, some joy. Mm, yes, poetry. Come on. That wasn't poetry. <laughs> Those were just words, Marcy. Um, please leave us, you know, some love wherever you listen to to podcasts with maybe like a comment or a rate or a review. Um also if you like this episode and you feel like this might resonate with someone um else, definitely feel free to share it. Um yeah, just, just pass it along to anyone who, who might benefit from it. It yeah. helps our community to grow and stay together. So, so yeah.
1: But um, I guess aside
0: from that, Aqua is there anything we should leave our listeners with before we head out?
1: No, just until we see you next time, remember to
0: stay, stay colorful. colorful.